Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you today. And if it's your first time amongst us, we give you a very warm welcome. My name's Christian Thorpe. I'm the lead pastor of Arena Church. We're right in the middle of our summer series called Summer in Galatia. And this is a book in the Bible that we wanted to take some principles from. There there are many uh, nuggets of wisdom, jewels of truth that we can apply to our lives. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I really believe this will help you. And if you're trying to figure out faith and life, honestly, this message, I think, will speak to each and every one of us. It's interesting that the central theme to the book of Galatians is Paul really addressing the thought of law and grace. And that's what I want to talk about today, because if I was to title this message, it would be, Don't Be Stupid. Don't be stupid. Now, in Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 1, it reads, and Paul says these words. Now, he says this, you stupid Galatians, or another word says, you foolish Galatians. Now, if I was to stand before you and say my introductions and and then say, hi, you are stupid, and then put your name uh, at the side of it, that would be pretty offensive and Some of you would be quite upset, I think, with me and it would be seen as quite rude and still others who haven't controlled their anger probably would want to hit me or whatever. And yet this is exactly what Paul was was saying to the churches that he'd been in relationship with. Let me repeat again. He says, you foolish, you stupid Galatians. And then he goes on to say, why? Because then he reads, I told you exactly how Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross. We'll come back to that in a moment. But he takes them back to what happened on the cross as Jesus hung upon the cross for their sins and for our sins. As he provided forgiveness and grace and mercy. Taking them from law, do's and don'ts, into a life of grace. And then he goes on to say, has someone put an evil spell on you? In other words, you are being hypnotized by error. People are coming and bringing er erroneous, error-based teaching to you and you are believing it. You're like a a fish with a hook. You've, You've taken the bait. And that's what I want to speak into today. Don't be foolish. Because here we see central to Paul was the thought that he was trying to contrast. Listen, You used to live in laws. Now, let me just be clear. There's law and there's grace. Everybody say law. Everybody say grace. Law and grace. And in this particular context, there were Jews and there were Gentiles. And Jews lived under the law. Laws of Moses. There there was rituals. For men, it was circumcision. That doesn't sound particularly pleasant, but that's what it was. There was hand washing. There was dietary requirements. There was observing festivals and, and, and religious holidays. And it was all about do's and don'ts. It was all about legalism. And there were more and more laws that were placed upon the people. And it was almost like these will get you to God, but it never worked. That's where Jesus came in. Jesus came into the world, to the world, not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And he provided a new way, a new way of grace. And that was the message of Paul to this church, in, churches in Galatia. 
He'd encourage them to not live in the law, but live in the grace and truth and forgiveness and redemption of Jesus Christ, who was nailed on a cross for them. He basically brought this message that all your do's and don'ts, all your legalism, all your being enslaved by all the rituals won't get you to God. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ, only coming and accepting and bringing your sins and your burdens to God. Through Jesus will you be able to find reconciliation and forgiveness with the Father. And that was his message that they'd received. But what had happened was they were now reverting back to an old way of living. Let me now take you to Galatians 2 verse 14. Just go backwards because this is what he says. He he addresses Peter. Peter was one of the premier disciples of Jesus. And he calls him out. He says in verse 14, When I saw the church in Galatia were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel... I said to Cephas, Peter had another name, Cephas, in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you are forcing now the Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? They'd received, the Gentiles had received the message, but now it was encouraging them to live like Jews, enslaved under law. He then says in verse 15, We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. This word justified, somebody years ago in Bible school said to me, it's just as if I've never sinned. We can never find justification just as if I've never sinned by the works of the law but only through faith in Jesus Christ. Let's go back to it. So verse 16. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified. What is it? Just as if I've never sinned. By faith in Christ. So the finished work of Christ on the cross and not the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one can be, will be justified. Have you got that? So Paul addresses this thought and says to them, come on guys, stop going back to old ways and old practices, which is the law. Now you say, well, how does that apply to me? Well, some people say, if I go to church, then that'll make me right with God. If I pray, that'll make me right with God. If even if I read the Bible, make me right with God. I'll give some money to charity. I'll be kind to people. I'll raise a great family. Then I'll be right with God. Let me say, all those things are really great to do, really great to do, but they won't make you right with God. Only through the finished work of Christ, let's go back to what he says, I told you exactly how Jesus Christ was nailed on a cross. It's only as we come through the cross that we can be justified, just as if I've never sinned. You see, there's a a separation from God to us. There's, there's 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 a canyon. There's a divide. And we can try and get to God through good things, through good practices, by trying to do, and wherever on the, like, you know, the the, the rodent on the wheel, wherever, trying to get where we can to get to God, but it just never works. I know I'm speaking to people, because this is how people come to God. But there's only one way we can find true forgiveness and grace and the mercy of the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ, and that is grace. 
So Paul is addressing here the issue of law. Don't go back to law. Don't go back to do's and don'ts. You've got to come through Jesus Christ. For you to feel like you are just as if you've never sinned, justified, is only through faith in Jesus Christ. And that is what he was addressing. And that can have some application to all of us because we all can sort of get on the the wheel of, of success and the wheel of trying and driving. But actually it's through the finished work of Jesus Christ that we can find forgiveness and grace in God. Now let me say this grace, let me define it for you. Grace is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. All of us are undeserving. I'm undeserving. Don't look at me and think he's got this nice, pristine white shirt on. He must be clean. He must be holy. Outside of God, I am filthy. Outside of God, I am wretched. I am that wretched man. It's only the amazing grace of God that saved a wretch like me. We're all undeserving. But the grace of God is that God's grace comes to us even though we don't deserve it. Isn't that amazing? God's love is towards each and every one of us. God's love is to each, every community and every city and every town that we're planting in. Every person across the nation and the nations of the world. God's grace is towards them. And it's undeserved. We don't deserve it. Now also God has given us the grace of God, but he's also given us the mercy of God. Let me define mercy for you. Grace, remember, is God giving to us that which we don't deserve. Mercy is God keeping from us that which we do deserve. I'm going to be very unpolitically correct here, but we deserve hell. We deserve to be damned. We deserve to be separated from God because even the best of us are still the worst of us. Even those people who they recognize they've done lots and lots of wrong, they usually know that. But there's lots of people who think, no, I haven't really done much wrong. Listen, the Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of the standard of God. We've all shot the arrow and missed the bullseye. And as a result of that, we deserve to be damned. But the mercy of God is God keeping from us that which we do deserve. And Paul, going back to the Galatians, he was saying to them, you foolish, stupid people. You're reverting back to old ways and old practices. And yet you have received the grace and mercy of God. Live in the grace and mercy of God. And I want to encourage everybody who's listening to me today to live in the truth, if you have received the grace and mercy of God, live in it day by day, recognizing nothing that you can do will get you to God, only through the finished work of Jesus. Now, as I close, before I pray, because we see law and we see grace, but oh my goodness, there's something else that I need to address, and that is hyper-grace. That basically says, around the church, and there's erroneous teaching, and I hear it across the world, particularly on some Christian channels, some good ones, there's some bad ones like everything. And the thought is this, well, God's grace covers it all, and it does. But what that actually leads us into, that we can do what we want. So what do I mean by that? Well, I can say what I want, I can live how I want, I can drink what I want, my mouth can speak off, I can get drunk, it's not a problem. I can sleep around, it's not a problem. I can watch what I want, because God's grace covers it all. And by the way, if I keep telling lies, it's not a problem. I cheat, not a problem, because God's grace covers it all. And it does. 
But listen to me, that's hyper. This is a stupid example because this is a stupid thought. But I'm married to my beautiful wife, Caroline. We have a covenant agreement. There's a ring on her finger and on mine. We have a license, a marriage license. It would be foolish of me to say, well, we have a marriage license. That means I can do what I want. I've got the covenant to say that I'm okay. So I'm going to sleep around. I'm going to have affairs. Now, by the way, that is not what I'm about. But you can see the foolishness of it. Because I have a covenant. I have an agreement. It's all covered. No, actually, what would happen is, over time, that relationship would be broken. And I actually think if I did live like that, that would show a lack of respect to Caroline and a lack of love. And yet, that's how many of us, have you got the stupidness of it? That's how many Christians live. They just think they can, oh, we've got him as saviour. We've got the ticket to heaven and we can now live how we want. Let me just say to you, that is hyper grace. So the balance to this is there are laws, there are boundaries let me encourage you to revisit a series that we did. There are boundaries that God has set in place that he wants us to live by. Now, they won't get us to God, but they will help us to build great lives and homes and marriages and families. Laws like don't commit adultery. Laws like don't cheat. Laws like, you know, honour your mother and father. The Ten Commandments. And other things that Jesus identifies in Matthew 5, 6 and 7 that will build a life and we will do well to live within those boundaries in the grace of God. So I hope you've got it in this short time. Listen, we're not called to live in law to try and get to God. God has already done all that he needs to do through Jesus Christ. If you have never received the grace of God, I'm going to encourage you in a moment to live in it. For those who have received the grace of God, can I encourage you to continue in it? And for those who have received the grace of God but think they can do what they want, hopefully this is a sobering message to bring you back to the heart and relationship of God the Father towards you. Simply put, we can't do what we want. If we love Jesus, we want to keep his commandments. Why don't you join with me? In praying today, if you've never received Jesus as your saviour, why don't you pray this prayer with me today? Jesus, I'm sorry that I've tried to get to you through different means. I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. I'm sorry even for the way that I've thought by do's and don'ts, laws and regulations. I recognise today there's only one way I can come to you and that's through Jesus. And so I receive the love and the grace of God through Jesus. I ask that you would come into my life and forgive me. I also want to pray in this moment for those who say, I want to continue in the grace of God. Just join with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, help me to continue in the grace of God. I, I, I embrace your grace and I recognize your mercy towards me. And Lord, even those times when I've wandered and been dismissive of you and your laws and your commandments and your boundaries, I'm coming back to you. Forgive me of all the wrong, all the things that I do. May I live for you. May I be pure and holy in your sight. And I thank you, Father, that this is all through the finished work of Jesus Christ. And everybody said together, Amen. Can I encourage you, if for the very first time you've received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, just contact our officers. We'd love to encourage you, send you a Bible, just encourage you with your next steps. But remember, summer in Galatians, let's not live out of law. 
But let's live out of grace, the finished work of Jesus Christ. As always, guys, look forward to seeing you real soon. It'd be great to welcome you in one of our live locations. But in the meantime, I love you, I'm praying for you, and I believe in you. God bless you.